0: ...is the color of a relaxed octopus.
1: I'm Marcus Smith, host of the Constant Wonder Podcast. Our commitment is to help you stay in tune with our phenomenal world. Catch us on the BYU Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can hear BYU Radio anywhere, anytime. On the FM dial at 107.9 KUMT, Randolph, Ogden, Salt Lake, Provo hd radio at 89.1 kbyu fm hd2 provo online at byuradio.org and on your smart speaker also on SiriusXM satellite channel 143
2: byu radio into the season who is byu's top running back and who's their top receiver does it even matter Plus, we got our first look at the new men's basketball
1: team last night in the season preview. What stood out, which player revealed he's out three to four months. Uh Uh-oh.
2: Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Tuesday, September 27th, wherever and however you're connected. Always great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, alongside a man who is not injured, Jerem Jordan. Well, for now, you're injured. You hurt your knee over the weekend. You all right, man? A little uh, grade one, borderline grade two MCL sprain. Sounds official. It hurts a lot. Did you
1: give a report (laughs) on yourself? I just, I did. Social media Uh, slash here?
2: uh, I've not done it on social media. This is my, this is, I've gone public with it for the first time here.
1: I do like it when people give us the update on injuries. We had that from Gunnar Romney's mom, Jenny. So, uh, yeah, (laughs) yeah. No, and, and, you know, it it happens.
2: You need to be our Adam Schefter. No,
1: I want a family life. No. (laughs) No. I don't want to have two phones and constantly be, no, thank you.
0: Uh, On
1: today's show, David Nixon, uh, perhaps he's our Schefter, on QB superstition versus Utah State and how to prepare for a struggling team like Utah State. Craziness in the Big 12 plus four power rankings, like where's Kansas and why, and new bowl projections for BYU. But first... Today's headlines.
2: Uh, yeah, let's start with BYU football on a short week, preparing for a rare Thursday night game against the Utah State Aggies at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. 8 p.m. Eastern, ESPN National. Big spotlight for both teams. 19th ranked BYU, of course, 3-1. and Utah State struggling mightily. 1-3 in another battle for the old wagon wheel. Who's going to start at running back for BYU, by the way? I think the hot hand thing, Does have some merit. I mean, we're going to play all three of those guys. You'll see them all. It's not like, it's not like uh, anybody's fired or anything like that. We're going to use them all, but it was a situation where Miles got hot and it just felt like the right thing to just keep giving him the ball. And um, there were no long faces on the sideline from anybody. You know, he everyone I think was happy for him. And maybe next game it's somebody else that gets it rolling. And, and, uh, you know, that's
0: just how it is.
1: As mentioned, receiver Gunnar Romney expected to play versus Utah State, according to Aaron Roderick. Gunner's mom Jenny tweeted that he lacerated his kidney on day three of Fall Camp. Oy. Quote, he will finally get to see the field this week. End quote. That's great news.
2: That this is an injury that typically happens like car accidents. So That's
1: that's a tough injury. That's man, not the great news I'm referring man, to. Oh that he is playing this Saturday, or at least is expected to play, is great news. Let's go. Get him ready Gunner. before
2: Notre Dame. Come on. Jaron Hall would love to have him back. Jaron Hall is also on the Manning Award watch list. 17th year of the award includes the top 30 quarterbacks in the nation going into the season. Hall was specifically honored as one of the Manning Award Stars of the Week for his performance against Wyoming. 26 of 32, 337 yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers, and a 14-point win.
1: Men's Hoops held day one of practice yesterday at 6 a.m. and as seen on BYU TV last night at 7 p.m. as well. Trevin Nell told us he's out for a while. I ended up hurting my shoulder last season, the very first game, and I experienced a lot of shoulder pain. Um, me and Rob, Rob did a great job. He just kind of, we kind of just maintained the shoulder injury, I guess. And then we played throughout the year, got a couple quarter cortisone shots, but it came down that I had to get surgery on my rotator cuff. I it partially tore the tendon. Um, and so the timetable on that is just, you know, Coach Pope says a couple weeks, but it's more like three to four months. That is a bummer for the junior Trevenel, who has two years to play after this, assuming this is a redshirt year. We'll see. Cougars play the blue and white scrimmage October 26th, live on TV. You
2: never want to lose one of the best shooters on the team. Women's basketball and new head coach Amber Whiting in her first season also underway today, their first practice. They're getting ready for their first game. Mark it down November 8th against Colorado State. Women's volleyball goes
1: up a spot in the latest AVCA poll to number 15. Are beating LMU and number 17 Pepperdine.
2: The Cougars play at Portland and Gonzaga this Thursday and Saturday. And a shout out to BYU Men's Soccer, ranked number one in Region 6, according to the NIRSA. They play Weber State Friday and Ogden. When it comes to club teams, BYU is pretty much at the top. Competing for another national title, we think. This fall, all rise and shout, it's time for What's Trending. Presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. It has become a laundry list of injuries for BYU football, Jerem, including certainly on the offensive side at the wide receiver position. Running back, not so much injuries, but just trying to find the guy who has the quote-unquote hot hand. So at this juncture, heading into game number five against Utah State, Who is running back one for BYU? Who is wide receiver one for BYU? And does it even matter?
1: I'm not sure it matters, Spence, uh, because (laughs) as long as someone produces, it's great. Now, you do need to have defined roles on a team. Like, you know that Jaron Hall is the quarterback, and he's the starter, and that helps him perform better because he knows he's the guy. In terms of receivers, it doesn't matter who, who wide receiver one is, per se. I'll get to that in a second. RB1 is clearly Miles Davis at the moment based on the hot hand from Wyoming. But that can quickly change. Hey, there's Miles. (laughs) Just practicing constantly. Miles Davis uh, obviously comes in with a hot hand. By the way, if you take away the 70-yard run, he was still averaging 4.8 yards per carry on the season. He had three carries prior to Saturday. Still a really nice number. Christopher Brooks had the hot hand against South Florida. Nobody had the hot hand against Baylor and Oregon. So BYU is still figuring out who is it that we're going to use here. Uh, And those three guys are the three, obviously. I don't think it matters. Lopini Katoa could certainly do great things. Miles Davis gave you a different look. Christopher Brooks gives you a certain look. Perhaps it's situational, but Miles Davis has done everything to deserve at least the beginning of those reps on Thursday. He said after the game he was not told... Hey, we're going to go to you more. They just went to him, and suddenly it worked. Now, it didn't work on drive two when they had rush, pass, pass, and were three and out. Now, but they still stuck with him later. It wasn't a quick pull, which is great. So, it do, one, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But, two, you have to understand, like, maybe this week Miles goes, oh, I'm, I'm perhaps getting more carries this week, more in practice, more with the number one offense, so on and so forth. With the receivers – Chase Roberts sounds like he's going to be able to go, It's uh, according to Aaron Roderick. Gunnar Romney's going to play. You got Keanu Hill. I wouldn't imagine Puka plays in this game Thursday. Short week, uh, you know, sounds like perhaps a hamstring there. Hopefully he gets better. And for Notre Dame, like in two weeks after that, that feels uh, like a stretch, Fingers right? Cross: <sighs> Wide receiver one doesn't matter to me. I really appreciate the preparation of Keanu Hill to be ready for that moment because – Someone had to show up and he did it in a big way because he didn't have Gunner. Puka goes out of the game mm. and uh, no chase. Keanu had to do that. He had to do that. And so did Braden Cosper. stepped up. So it doesn't matter to me. RB1 probably should be Miles Davis going into uh, this game. And then receiver one. Who cares? Jaron Hall's going to spread the ball around.
2: Somebody sent me a message on Twitter and said, BYU low-key has one of the best wide receiver groups in the country. I don't think it's low-key anymore. I just think that they have one of the best wide receiver groups in the country. They're top 20, if not top 10. Like If you have your two best wide receivers out and are still continuing to do this, and part of this is Jaron Hall being unbelievable too, right? 100%. But BYU, to their credit, and we thought this might be the case, has a very, very good wide receiver room.
1: Look at, look at that right there. You we haven't even six mentioned Cody deep. Epps.
2: You go six deep, and it's like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Well, they'll be okay. What? You're out. Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney and Chase Roberts, and, ah, uh, sorry, we'll be all right. Really? Well, they have proven that yes. they'll be okay.
1: And props to BYU, because this is what we've always hoped, is that the twos could show up in that way. And because, because Jaron Hall's playing great, and it's Wyoming, you can do that. That's awesome. When it's Notre Dame, can BYU do the same thing? The good news is they won't have to because Gunnar Romney and Chase Roberts are going to be back in the mix.
2: I talked to Chase yesterday, uh, says he's feeling better. We'll see if he plays against Utah State. I imagine that he will along with Gunnar Romney. Uh, But, again, we're going to be told game time decision. We'll find out literally when the game starts. As far as the running back situation goes, grateful that it's not an injury thing that's factoring in here. Yes. OK, that, that's Different. That's beneficial. But you can answer this question in a couple of ways. Like, who's RB1 right now? Or, you know, who's RB1 that we are projecting will be RB1, you know, by the late games in the season? Like, I feel like it's just going to change oh, a I lot. Oh, I have no like, idea. Who? Yeah. Later? Like, I don't know. I don't know. But does it even matter? And I don't think it matters that much because Jaron Hall has carried you know, the majority of the offensive load on his shoulders. Nine touchdowns, one interception, making the big plays at the right time. I'd like to see him open it up a little bit more with his feet, per se. That might help the running backs get going a little bit. coaches in the RPO. Yeah, but but again, like, that's risk, right? Risk-reward.
1: I don't want that with Jaron as much, although uh, situationally, yes.
2: Russell Wilson style.
1: He ran a lot. Yeah, old Russell Wilson, not current Russell Wilson. Uh, let's ride. Jaron is a more than capable runner. But his value is, his best availability, his best ability is availability. Yes, right now. if he's healthy. He, he needs yes. to be healthy for BYU to achieve its goals. If, if he's not, that changes things.
2: He's such a, a great athlete in so many ways. And so I, I have visions of him, you know, an occasional called RPO where he breaks out for a long touchdown run like he did against Baylor. right? Yes, And Aaron Roderick is certainly capable of doing that. Aaron Roderick seems like to be the master of setting things up, moving all the chess pieces, and then he hits the big one, right, with a trick play or that RPO that I'm referencing yes. at Baylor a last year. Yes, a
1: fourth and one where the box is loaded and no safety sitting there behind, that's the spot. Sure,
2: yeah. Jaron Hall is more than capable of i but I'm, I'm with you. His availability is his greatest <laughs> asset right now, and he is showing just how much he is worth because he has been healthy and knock on wood has not dealt with significant health concerns to this point in the season. So
1: We're so, we're so stitious that we're going to knock on wood. We're doing that. There's no wood here, is there? Oh, I'll no, fall. this is wood. Yep, That's, there you go. Okay.
2: There you go. I, uh, RB1 I, wide receiver. Yeah. I just don't think it matters because Jaron Hall has been so good. Who's throwing to the wide receivers? And Taking nothing away from Chase Roberts and Keanu Will and Cody Epps and Braden Cosworth. Those guys have made some outstanding catches but Jaron Hall is the man behind this. He's making it all happen. It doesn't matter.
1: Yes, and the O-line is giving him great time to throw. Absolutely. And the O-line is, is uh, creating holes that Miles Davis is running through. And Miles does a good job of making tacklers miss. Like That's th- something Chris Brooks probably needs to get to a little more is, can you make that first guy miss? Can you jump into that hole and get a couple extra yards?
2: Yeah, Chris Brooks has great acceleration. Yes. Once he, like, he's got great top-end speed, right? But it, it appears that a little bit of a runway is needed to get him going. And you're referencing, like, you want to see him make the first guy miss and then instead of the offensive line constantly having to create the runway.
1: And maybe he's the guy that, uh, you know, inside the 20 is getting you the tough yards that maybe are tough for Miles Davis to get, where Miles can dance in more open space. Uh, Lopini feels like he can kind of do both. I love that Buoy has these three. It doesn't matter to me who the guy is. I just want to see yards gained. But for BYU, you hope that the psyche of Christopher Brooks and Lopini Couture are okay given this situation. It's hard to sit there and, uh, for those guys and be like, Chris is like, I was brought in here to be kind of the main guy. Lopini's like, what do I have to do to be the main guy? He's always been a good, like, ready to be that second sure, option, sure. 1B, right? And then Miles is, is the shiny new toy for BYU. So we'll, we'll see what happens in this game. This is a perfect game to figure some things out because when you walk into Notre Dame, you need to know who you are. You need to know who is doing what, and I hope that BYU does after five games.
2: How many carries does it take for an offensive coordinator, or you know Harvey Unga, to determine, okay, this guy still has the hot hand? Like, how many drives and carries do you give Miles What's Davis? What's the leash to like, like four or five carries, and it's like eh, I don't have it tonight, or is that too, is that like way too preemptive? And too, too, how too much of that's on
1: the O line? Blah blah blah. This Klaus is a strong tough. comment after the tough. game where he said you can't. Blame the uh, Offensive the like, you can only line, blame, you can only
2: blame them for so long. Yep. Okay, before mm-hmm. you have to have a guy make a play, and Miles Davis was the guy to make the plays. But, I mean, how many carries does it take to determine, like, oh, yep, he's still got the hot he's hand got, tonight. What if
1: Christopher Brooks gets the hot hand? He goes, uh, we, don't, we don't forget about Christopher Brooks no. and Lopini katoa We remember all three. I thought Lopini Katoa,
2: frankly, against USF, outside of the two big long runs that Chris Brooks both had, you know, one was a speed option. You know that Jaron Hall, you know, did a good job. They they kind of uh, when sucked he when, in the yeah end. yeah they sucked in like he, yeah. that's Jaron making the play, allowing Chris to get break off with a ton of space, and the right. offensive line opened up a huge
1: hole. It's all collaborative on that other run. It's all collaborative. Okay. But yeah. the
2: USF game, I felt like honestly, Lopini had like the best game running the ball, making guys miss and stuff like that. So they've all yeah. had kind of their moments.
1: You right? need all of them. Uh, it's not like, well, you don't need three. No, you need all three. If you're going to beat Notre Dame and Arkansas, yeah. or one of those two, let's go. You need those. Okay, uh, today's a loaded show, so topic two features our totally unbiased <laughs> Big 12 Plus 4 power rankings. Lots of controversy on this list, Spence. In fact, it's so hard to know who's second through six. There is an unprecedented five-way tie. <laughs> Oklahoma State is the top team in the league right yes. now. Uh-huh. Then there's a tie for second with BYU, Baylor, Kansas State, Oklahoma, <laughs> and Kansas. Kansas, okay. TCU is seventh, Texas Tech, Cincinnati, Iowa State, Texas, who lost to Texas Tech. OT by the way. West Virginia, UCF, Houston. It's wild that Houston is 14 here. What do you make of these? A
2: five-way tie for second. <laughs> Makes complete sense, honestly. I mean, if you break it down by resumes, it makes perfect sense why there is a five-way tie. Yep. Because BYU has the head-to-head win against Baylor. Baylor uh, went on the road and beat Iowa State. Solid win, and it was a close loss to BYU, right? Yeah.
1: Okay. Double OT on the road. Kansas
2: State has the best win of anybody on their resume. At Oklahoma. Road win at Oklahoma. That's
1: my friend Cody who went to the game.
2: But Oklahoma has been number one in the poll until they lost a close game at home to Kansas State. Yeah. And then Kansas is undefeated. They're 4-0. and Kansas is 4-0. They haven't played like a yeah, super they, tough schedule, but yeah. still, no. this is a major step Wait, forward. Hey, shout out to the Jayhawks for showing up. Hey, like, they are 4-0. Until, they lose, game day, last until they lose, they're going to be tied for second probably. Uh, TCU I think is sneaky here. They're three and zero, oh, and I, I think TCU's, TCU might yeah. be
1: like really good. There's no team in the league with a losing record through four games. That's pretty good.
2: No Texas Tech. It's two and Te- just two two. Just be Texas head to head. What? Look at Texas. Houston Texas played two
1: OT games.
2: And they, split. The the Longhorns are in the number eleven spot. We had them two d- and two. What, what we had them been? Were they two like or three? Were they two or three last week?
1: Because they <laughs> played a close game with Alabama.
2: <laughs> Moral victory. Then you lose to Texas Tech. Like, but who has Texas beaten? Not, not really anybody. They're, they're, so, if this is a meritocracy, I feel hey, like this poll is pretty accurate. It,
1: yes, and listen, in week four, it's hard to know who's who right now. Uh, clearly, it's a five-way tie yeah, with a the tie. We will separate that as we go. <laughs> it is sticky right now. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Kansas as good tie. as BYU? Is that what we're saying? With the tie, they have a chance. Are we say Kansas to, is as good. They'll have a chance to
2: prove it in the next few weeks. Oh boy! Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's go. Our question of the day. Unfortunately for all of you, it has nothing to do with a five-way tie. Do you believe
1: Kansas is as good as
2: BYU in football? And are completely unbiased. Big 12 plus four power rankings. So unbiased. Uh, Rather, the question is, who is BYU's RB1 right now? Like, who's the number one running back? has nothing to do with injuries. The running back, y'all. The hot hand. Uh, And do you think it'll stay that way? Is it Chris Brooks, Lopini, Katoa, Miles Davis? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. Mon underscore Adam on Instagram chimes in, saying, quote, It felt like Wyoming was an audition for Miles Davis, mm-hmm. and he showed up. Just one game, but he earned it. Give the rock to Davis. Is it just a one-game thing? No, I believe that Aaron Roderick said, Look, we're going to play all three. You will see all three against Utah State. I don't think Miles Davis has, like, earned straight up. Like, he's now the clearly the number well, one running I back. I think he
1: starts on Thursday sure, getting maybe, the first series. All right, carries. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't. He starts. Lapini like, did right, and then it was Davis on the second drive. The poll has Miles, By the way, we threw out a poll. Miles Davis, sixty-eight percent. Not not right a now.
2: shocker because of dominated. what he did against. One. It's always well. What have you done for me? They lately?
1: said hot hand. So clearly, it's miles. Yes, it's, that's the hot hand the thing carrying yes. over. Is it's my not th- the season. It's what have you done for but me? But what
2: lately? if he has yeah. five carries for sixteen yards in three drives? Then what? Does he still have the hot hand? Like then we'll still-
1: then we'll rub our eyes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: and go, oh, it's not Notre Dame, it's Utah State, what's going on? Like, what? then what? Yeah. Then you pull a switch. Then you and switch. You th- At some point, yeah. It's a little bit weird for me. Like, I, I wish that there were a clear number it's one. It's a like, results-based up.
1: situation.
2: Like, the running back by committee approach is, it's a little weird for me. Like I, I, But, hey, got to go with it. Can you
1: imagine them doing this in church callings? <laughs> Sorry, not good <laughs> enough. You're, you're out. You're done. It's like, let's get someone in there who can oh, teach boy. some doctrine. <laughs> Tonight, get the inside scoop on Cougar football. The head ball coach, Kalani Sutake, on his show as Gregor Bell talks with Jacob Robinson, former Aggie, turned Cougar. Counting Hill in the film room, very fun conversation. And a neat new deep blue on defensive analyst and former Cougar Jan Jorgens.
2: Up next on BYU Sports Nation, former BYU and NFL linebacker David Nixon yeah. in the house. Yeah. Uh, what does oh, he think hey, of don't all mess these with the furniture. defensive <laughs> injuries for BYU? Yes, pet the Cougar. Perhaps it's good luck to get healthy again. That's
1: Spencer's thing on game day with that stuff, Cougar. Come on, man. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. David, know your role.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living.
2: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. This is your day to day BYU Sports Play by Play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. What's up? Shall we do this with uh, a former NFL and BYU linebacker, David Nixon? Heard I, of him. I think we shall. Hey. Welcome to the
0: show, but welcome to the Welcome BYU's to your show. home, yeah, your new man, home. This is the new home. It's also my home. This is where yes, we film is. AFR as well. Yes, it is. So I'm glad we're cohabitating here. We feel like you guys <laughs> enter our
1: space, but that's...
0: <laughs> but this is a, it's a beautiful look. The couches, uh, you guys have dressed yeah. up very nicely.
2: Yeah, uh, we yeah. did this. There was no... Ha- no, we don't do any of this. Got we just sure. show up. We have an amazing crew. All right, we've got a lot to talk about because... Oh my gosh, yeah. uh, There are a ton of injuries on the BYU football team right now. We were uh, talking late into the night after the win over Wyoming about this and how much it's going to affect BYU going into the Utah State game. And then into Notre Dame and Arkansas. So let's go ahead and start there. Um, we think that a bunch of guys are going to come back for Utah State, certainly by Notre Dame. So, I mean, on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your level of concern for the BYU defense specifically with injuries?
0: Listen, if, if there's anything we learned in the past, and including this year, is that it really is a next-man-up mentality. I, mean, I remember looking out on the field against, um, uh, who we even played last year, Wyoming, and <laughs> – there were names I'd never even recognized. And we were trying to look, and they weren't even the two deep. These are kids who were the three deep. And, and that's kind of been the mentality is somebody's got to step up because this has been – unfortunately, has been an ongoing theme for the last few years for BYU is injuries, right? And, and especially with the brutal schedules BYU has uh, played, including this year yeah, uh, with Baylor and Oregon back-to-back. And so, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things where – fortunately, the backups have come in and played pretty well. And, and, you, and you look at the, the production that, that they had this last week and uh, pretty happy with how it all played out. But, man, I don't know what it is. BYU's got to find a way to keep their guys healthy because it's, it's, it's a joke, honestly. Why?
1: It, yeah, it's tough. And I'm not sure what you can do about it. We've talked about this in years past with strength and conditioning. BYU emphasizes all that to avoid injuries, yet the game is violent. Um, so you just have to be deep. And at receiver, BYU's been super deep. Like Keanu Hill sitting there waiting yep. going, Hey, your boy is going to have a game like this, and, and gosh, he did. And then Miles Davis at
0: RB three. Miles Davis, Cody Epps. I mean, Cody Epps is coming these last few games. I mean, and, and of course, we're not even talking about Chase Roberts, who nobody really knew about. You know, and then and then Cosper with his first touchdown. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of credit goes to his offensive staff, specifically Fessy Satake for getting his guys ready. I mean, to have that constant evolving door in that room and not knowing who's going to play. And who's going to go out with injury, right, which well, Chase Roberts goes out in the first half, and all of a sudden the backup's got to step up, and you got to have guys that know what routes to run and whether you shift a guy over from X to Z or vice versa. I mean, there's, there's a lot of moving parts, and, and the fact that there's not really any breakdowns. We saw the one breakdown with Miles Davis and Jaron Hall uh, where they kind of hid in the backfield. Uh, but other than that, you don't see a lot of busted plays from this BYU team. You don't see a lot of guys running wrong routes. I mean, that's really impressive given all the injuries and different experience and young guys who have to step up. And so very impressed with Roderick, Fessy, and the rest of the staff for having all these guys ready because, I mean, it'd be be easy to see these young guys coming in and running a post when they're supposed to run a corner and and just being a mess. But instead, Jaron's on target, uh, on point with those guys, and, and it's almost like you know he didn't skip a beat.
1: And defensively, the hope is that BYU can continue to play well because when you play Notre Dame and Arkansas, it's different than when you play Wyoming and Utah State, certainly on both sides of the ball, all three areas. No Max Tuli was an issue. We saw more talent all free at uh, safety. If we learned anything from the UAB game, was it that, hey, that's not the same BYU team per se. So the hope is this week they can get healthy, get things going, because Notre Dame is sitting there next yeah. week, David, and then Arkansas at home. Those are... Two massive games.
0: Yeah, I, I think the guys that are on the fence, you want to have them play. Uh, guys that are sti- you know, that have issues that could pop back up again. For example, a hamstring. You don't want to push a hamstring a week early, so right? So no
1: puka this week. I, I don't think you think. play puka. Yeah. We'll see if we see him against Notre Dame and Arkansas.
0: Yeah, I mean, in the, ham- the hamstring injuries, those are always so different. I mean, it depends on the player, right? Some of them are, are pretty bad tears. Some are just tweaks. And they all classify them as a hamstring pool, right? So you just never know the, the severity of it. Uh, But I think guys that are on the fence, you sit them. Because fortunately for BYU, you've seen the experience. And and you saw guys step up last week. Um, I think with Utah State, with their struggles this year, I think you can get away with with playing guys the the second and third string to show they can play against Wyoming. And I'm not trying to downplay the Utah State team because they're going to come in fired up, no question. They do every year. I mean, this is their Super Bowl, especially given their record right now. Uh, This is a huge game for them to knock off a ranked opponent. Um, But I I think – with what BYU's shown on film and, and the backups, I think they can get away with with playing their second and third stringers that have shown they're very capable.
2: What an interesting situation at uh, the wide receiver and running back positions right now. We've been asking, okay, who's RB one, who's wide receiver one? Let's start with the wide receivers. I mean, crazy as it sounds, like if you told me, all right, is going to roll out Keanu Hill, Cody Epps, and Braden Cosper on Thursday night, I wouldn't bat an eye. I'd be like, all right, it's all good. That's that's crazy thinking of. No Puka Nakua, no Gunnar Romney, no Chase Roberts. Now, we think Gunnar Romney and Chase Roberts are going to play. Uh, who's wide receiver one Because we all think Puka is, like, the best receiver, but he's not healthy. So who is that guy right now? I don't,
0: I don't think we need a guy. I mean, you, you look at Puka, the fact that he was wide receiver one, no question going into the season, he goes down, and all of a sudden by committee, the wide receiver group by committee, has stepped up. And I think I mean it's nice to have a wide receiver one that, that's obviously better than the others because defenses have to game plan for him. Right? They've got a roll coverages, you've got a double team which opens up anywhere else on the field. But right now you've got so many guys that can, can contribute and Jaron Hall's playing such phenomenal football that it doesn't matter who wide receiver one is because his distribution and his vision and, and, and the way he's able to get the ball out on time to these receivers and the fact that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, I don't think it really matters. I, I, I think, I mean, you look at the numbers across the board, and every game, you go back to even this last game, very evenly distributed the ball is. And I think, once again, that's nice for, for, for Aaron Roderick because you can dial up any play and, and know that all your guys – you can depend on your guys to come up big plays, right? Um, and that keeps the defense off balance too because it's like, man, they just hit us over here with Keanu Hill with the deep bomb. Now they've got a back shoulder throw to Cody Yeps on the sideline. And then we're going to hit Isaac Rex on, a, on an out route as well. And so it's like – what gives? I mean, even if we do double team, we're getting torched over here. And so I think it's great that BYU, you know, right now has so many weapons. They don't have to dedicate wide receiver one to one guy and say, he's our only go-to guy when we need a big play. All those guys are stepping up.
1: And that's, a, that's big time because I don't think BYU can get to 3-1 and one without it. And they are. And they're in the top 20, which is awesome. Okay, so Adam Gibby tweeted this. List of Boyd QBs to get injured in the last decade versus Utah State. Oh,
0: don't bring this up right now. 12,
1: 14, 16, obviously, (laughs) Taysom. 17. Bo Hodge and Corey Denver Jr. 2019. Jaron Hall. 21. Baylor Romney. Do you even play Hall on Thursday? He says. Of course you play Jaron Hall. But the history against Utah State in this situation is super weird, is it not? Uh, it is weird. I don't get it. I mean, is it, your
2: superstition so high that you actually consider doing something no, like this?
0: No. <laughs> no. But honestly, you might tweak your game plan a little bit to say get the ball out faster. Let's hit some. Let's have some some quick slants and outs instead of trying to hold on to the ball too long. And Jaron, you are not running the ball. Uh, I mean, Jaron's on that list, right? Jaron's on that list from 2019. Yeah. a mean, concussion. I mean, I, I think Se- – second one of that year. Yeah, you're yeah. just cognizant, and aware of, of what's going on. And, and once again, you are aware of, of this being a big game for Utah State. They're going to come out playing hard and fire it off. And yes. So uh, you're aware of that element, and so that comes into play. Ultimately, I think you play your game and maybe you adjust it slightly. But, okay. you know, you've got you to go out there and take care of business.
2: Okay, so maybe no RPO, like zero RPO for Jaron Hall against
0: Utah State. That's my, that's my take every game of the year right now. I, don't want <laughs> now, you, I do not want him running the ball. Now Aaron Ever? is going to
1: run that on the first play. Because like, Aaron's like, oh, last Saturday, what do we need to do? We need to establish the run? Okay, let's throw. Yeah. Right out of the game. He you know throw, what I mean? Like, throw to
2: set up the run. He's
1: like, yeah. "I'm going to win this game. I don't care what you think we need to do. We're going to win the game. This is what I anticipate they'll do, and this is what I anticipate they'll do later. And it worked. BYU ran Wyoming into the ground later in the game. Sure,
2: yeah, yeah. I'm okay. It wasn't with, out I'm of a, the gates though. I'm okay with passing to set up the run at BYU. This I'm, is BYU. Yeah, absolutely. We're okay with the pass. Okay, so if Jaron is clearly not going to be a primary runner, who is he handing off to as running back? One, getting back to that conversation, yeah. it's like
0: who? Who is RB1? Yeah, I think the RB1 – so I think the, ru- the running back conversation is different than the wide receiver in the sense that I think the running back situation is truly a game-by-game situation, right? I mean, depending on who you're facing, we knew that, we knew that Wyoming was going to be overly aggressive, right? And they were going to be tracking that backside, and, 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 and Lopini and Brooks, the holes are going to be that much tougher because Wyoming was a tough I – And mean, they gave up 171 yards to Air Force the week prior, who averages you know, usually 300 yards a game. So we knew the run game was going to be tough. Uh, but what's nice about the run game right now is you have the speed of Lapini and Brooks, and that speed is is a little bit is, is a little bit slower, right? It's a little bit slower developing. But then you all of a sudden you hit them with the Miles Davis, which is which is a much faster speed, and and you throw the defense off off guard, right? And that's what happened against BYU with Oregon. The speed we saw the speed was too much for BYU's defense, frankly. Wrong angles, guys just half a step too slow to their gaps, missing tackles. That's why there are a lot of missed tackles. Guys lunging instead of bringing their legs, etc. Um, and I think the same thing you did now to Wyoming, where you start with Brooks and Lopini, and they're used to a certain pace, right? You're used to tracking that running back and taking your time and going gap by gap, making sure all the holes are filled. And all of a sudden, Miles Davis comes in, and that's happening that much faster. And your, your reaction time is that much shorter, and it takes some time to adjust to that. And I think that's why Miles had so much success. I mean, beyond the fact that he had some great vision, a la Tyler Algier, to cut stuff back on those zone plays. Um, but... I was impressed. I was impressed with, with, with his vision, his burst to get through those holes. Um, but I think going forward, I don't think you just go all in on, on him. I mean, it's, it, it's going to be a game-by-game situation. I mean, for example, Arkansas, you're going to need some bigger backs to, to, when they make contact to get an extra one or two yards. Um, but then you bring in some speed with Miles Davis in certain situations, and you try to gash him that way. And so, Change of pace. I don't think you go all in on one of the backs and say, no, you're RB1. I mean, we even saw that in game one with USF. Lopini contributed, right? Um, but I, I do like the fact that you now have this element, the whole thunder and lightning you hear, right? I think Miles brings that, and I, I think that's what's exciting for this offense is it's been missing that, that speed, uh, and, and now you know they were trying to supplement that with Puka on the, on the jet suites and fly suites, trying to get that yeah. speed on the outside to, to hit the outsides, and now you get that with Miles Davis, so we'll see how that kind of continues to play out.
2: Is it well, easier as a linebacker to prepare for a running back by committee approach? Like it, No, it, harder. no, or it's much it harder. Okay. Much harder.
0: Yeah. When you have one back, you, you spend all week watching that film of his tendencies, his footwork, how he hits the holes, his, his pad level, et cetera. There's a lot of stuff you watch, but now you got to watch triple the film when you got Lopini and Miles Davis and, and Brooks. And so it makes it that much tougher. And once again, now you have to adjust the speed of the game because they all play a little different. Uh, and, 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 and the way they attack is a little different, and so it makes it that much more difficult. Mm-hmm. So, Triple the
1: film on a short week yeah. as well, so yep. that, that's interesting as well.
0: Okay, as we look ahead,
1: because we knew that Wyoming and Utah State, these were, these were games that BYU needs to win at home, obviously, handle them, heavy favorites, 24 right now with Utah State. Whoa. Uh, Notre Dame and Arkansas sitting there. How are you feeling about BYU's chances in those games, given the injuries, given where BYU's at right now? I, I like BYU's chances.
0: I, I think Jaron Hall is playing elite-level quarterback. Amen. You put out the tweet where he's not turning the ball over, knock on wood, right? I mean, it, right right now the offense is taking care of the ball, which is, you know, the number one uh, goal in offense is don't turn the ball over. Um, but, I, you know, injury-wise, BYU's basically played without Puka all season. It sounds like Gunnar Romney's should be right around the corner, according to Kalani, right? Um, and so I think you add that weapon back in, but I, I'm confident. I, I think... You know, Notre Dame is not really the Notre Dame we maybe thought they were, especially with their injuries they've had. Um, Arkansas, since uh, Missouri State, looked pretty susceptible, right? Uh, How so, good are your a Aggies? My a Aggies are not that good. Uh, <laughs> so that had a close game. I, I think, honestly, I think BYU has a really good shot at at um, these, you know, obviously Utah State, but then moving on those two games. And, and once again, there'll be a lot of these injuries. Can guys come back? And can they stay healthy through this stretch? And that's, that's the biggest question mark. And frankly, guys, that's been the storyline for the last three, four, five years is, is can BYU stay healthy with these, these tough, brutal, independent schedules? And so far, they've somewhat passed and almost failed in certain instances. And, and in order for BYU to get through, they've got to get some of these guys back um, and, and stay healthy. I mean, that's the name of the game. I'll the say, number one yeah. guy
1: for that is Jaron Hall. 100%. As long as Jaron Hall is, is starting for BYU – you, you got a shot. Well, and, and he's the best QB in every game on
0: this 100%. And, B, and BYU has shown they can overcome injuries in other positions. Uh, but, you know, we also showed in the last few years the quarterback position. You know, Baylor Romney came in and, and played well. That the quarterback position struggles whenever you bring in the backup. And so 100% percent Jaron's guys stay know. healthy. All right.
2: I'm going to make you feel better as you get ready for AFR tonight, okay, with the injury situation. I said this to Jeremy yesterday. Uh, Gunnar Romney, Chase Roberts, Max Tooley, Earl Tuyoti Mariner, Caleb Hayes, all expected to be available yeah. for a Thursday. Okay, so just that, let's take go. some good That's mojo. some welcoming news. Take some yes. good mojo <laughs> yes. into we like AFR that. tonight, man. We love, we love that news. Thanks for hanging out with us, David. Yeah, always fun. Thanks, AFR
1: guys. Tuesday. That means free lunch for us, which is great. After further review <laughs> breaks down, the X to Nose like nobody else from the Wyoming went cowboy up. They preview Utah State as well tonight, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app.
2: We're going to look deeper into the idea that uh, maybe BYU should be a little bit more concerned about playing Utah State on a Thursday. This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
1: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Make sure you follow the program on social media, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook.
2: He is Jeremiah I'm Spencer. You know what time it is. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Maris, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
1: Seeing everyone's up in arms about kick times and records, Klein
2: Stake, 0-2 on Thursday night games. Are you concerned? <gasps> oh my goodness. And why is the answer absolutely not? Uh, no, I am not concerned in the least about this uh, because I will counter with the stat that uh, BYU is 21, sorry, 22 and one in games that start 6 p.m. or later uh, in the last three years. Also, Utah State is in college football's bottom top 10. So,
1: <laughs> Utah State doth stinketh to me. <laughs> or
2: just the bottom 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Not. I am not concerned about this at all. Uh, Boise State, another team that's struggling. Jerem, quarterback Hank Bachmeier is entering the transfer portal. We've known this for a couple of days. Yeah. Does this essentially guarantee a win for BYU over the Broncos because Bachmeyer is not starting?
1: It doesn't guarantee a win, no. It's hard to win up there. They're certainly going through some challenges. Lost by 17 at UTEP on uh, Friday night. Fired Offensive Coordinator Tim Plough. Brought in Dirk Cutter, who used to be the head coach. Like, there's some real disarray there with Andy Avalos in and that program.
2: BYU's got to play Stanford and East Carolina and uh, Liberty this game, based on the idea that Dirk Cutter's coming back, maybe a few weeks to get that offense going, and it's in Boise, BYU hasn't played well up there. It's Super Bowl type game for the Broncos. It has me a little bit nervous. So no, it absolutely does not guarantee BYU no, win against Boise. No, it's a tough State.
1: game regardless it of it circumstances. It is
2: always tough. To like win up I there. would say, if
1: BYU was playing at Utah State this week, yes, BYU should go handle that, but you got to be ready.
2: BYU lost to Boise State last year on their home field. Yeah. Like this no no. You can't turn it over 4 no. times
1: and be like, "Yeah, we're going to win no matter what." No. Yeah, you, Nothing. If you know, turn the ball given. over
2: 4 times up on the blue, they probably lose by two touchdowns.
1: Yeah, nobody cares. Work Carter. Brad McMurphy projects Cougars playing Texas Tech in the First Responder's Bowl. Mark Schlebaugh has the ESPN uh of ESPN has BYU versus App State in the Lending Tree Bowl. Are either of those games or matchups intriguing to you?
2: What's the better location? I am not familiar enough with the Lending Tree Bowl to know a specific location. I don't location. know where that is either. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it purely from a selfish standpoint here, like where is the land The first responders bowl is in Texas against Texas Tech, so I don't love- mi-
1: Mobile, Alabama, oh, mobile. it appears.
2: Mobile yeah. against App State. I don't mind that. I don't mind seeing like mobile, it'd be warm like yeah. there in December. Uh, I don't like the idea of playing Texas Tech in Texas in the first responders bowl. That feels like, like a pseudo or a de facto big 12 road game.
1: Yeah, that, that would not be as ideal. Uh, for that one. Where's the first responders played? Oh, what the... Where, where is it? At SMU Stadium? <laughs> uh, yeah, I believe okay. it's in Dallas. Yeah, yeah. it's in Dallas. Okay. okay.
2: It is expected that the New York Jets will announce today whether or not Zach Wilson will start this week. Okay. We think he's going to. I think he's going to. Jerem, is Zach's term more important to the New York Jets or to you and your fantasy football team?
1: Me? I don't care what happens <laughs> with the Jets. I just care about the Jets' offense led by Zach Wilson. I will obviously I want the Jets to win. We all do because that sure. means Zach's sort of security as a quarterback in year two here. Uh it's both, but hey, frankly, this is about me. I need Zach back for fantasy. Come on, get Zach out the winless streak. Let's go, Zach. Let's get back, baby. Okay. Join us on Thursday as we get ready for Utah State and BYU with BOI Sports Nation game day. As Brian Logan hangs out with the guys. Got him in the photo, baby! He's in, and David Nicks is about to throw him a left-handed pass. Six Eastern on BYU TV and the app Thursday.
2: BYU men's basketball opened up practice last night. If you missed it, fear not, we have neatly packaged up some of the best moments from last night's broadcast, and you can watch it next on BYU Sports Nation.
0: This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner.
2: Welcome back to BYU Sports Station live in Studio B. Yes, basketball season in a way is upon us. Amazingly.
1: Eh, give it another month until <laughs> we have the Blue and White.
2: Late September, but practices are now going for Mark Pope and yep. company. Last night, we uh, had the privilege of broadcasting that first live practice on BYU TV, Jeremy Jordan and Tyler Haas, courtside. Now, if you missed it, we showed you just a little bit of it there, but how about some of the best sound? from that first practice that we have neatly packaged up. Listen to this.
1: Let's give it up for Jared McGregor for getting us a point to post to start the practice. Thank you. Good, White. Good, see him in the ball, see him the ball. Hey, hey, don't look at me. You know your job, right? You know your job. Get him inside that three-point line. Yes. Yes. Good
0: job. Love it, Spence. Let's go, baby. Let's go. We have to challenge ourselves as individuals to keep him out of pain. That has to be just on you. Inside the three. Good. Yes. 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 We're here, Trey. Fix it. Get him out of there, Trey. You're, You're playing. You're what? Staying mindful. You're staying mindful. Oh! Yes! Dang it, J-Mac! How much
2: you paying, J-Mac? Show now!
1: So you guys got it. We got food, we got ice bath, we got cryotherapy, and then get to bed, OK? All
0: right? I don't need to see anybody out of the club tonight. Just me and Coach Cahill, OK? All right, rookies,
2: let's go. Rookies, bring it. Uh, I wonder how the club was for Coach Pope and Coach Cahill last night. A Monday night in Provo. In Utah County, right? Jeez. <laughs> uh, we need to discuss a few things, um, starting with something that was revealed in, in the practice, and we brought it back at the beginning of the show. So, And then we'll get to the good energy stuff, but, like, it, it hurts to lose Trevin Nell for three to four months. One yes. of BYU's best shooters, you know, something... In his, one, in his own mind, he's probably the best shooter on the team. So three to four months, that hurts.
1: Yes, he's one of only six returners, Spencer, on this team. There's a lot of new guys. Certainly, BYU brings in some talent from the outside and Rudy Williams and Jackson Robinson and Noel Waterman. But Nell is going to be expected to be in the top seven of the rotation, so that's a bummer. Three to four months. So basically that means he's probably out for the year. Is it worth bringing him back for the final month or so? I don't know. He'd have two more years. He could play two years in the Big 12 if he sits out the entire year. But he is going to be the shot doctor uh, with this team. That's what Mark Pope has challenged him to be. So he is working with NOAA Analytics, and he broke that down last night. Really interesting stuff. Go check out our uh, social media. We put out the clip. Or go back on the BYU TV and watch the whole thing. But he he explained different things about arc and and depth as it relates to NBA averages and percentages and where on the rim you miss and how far into the – 19 inches of the cylinder, the ball's got, it's very interesting. So he's looking at his own game, helping others with their shot as well. But yeah, th- this means more for the guard line of Spencer Johnson and Jackson Robinson and those guys to really show up in that way. And, and it creates an opportunity for some of those return missionaries like Richie Saunders and Tanner Toulson and even Dallin Hall to perhaps get a few more minutes than they would have.
2: I feel like I know what I'm going to get from certainly the five starters that are coming back. Like, I feel like I know what Foose is. He's just, we think, going to be a better version of what he was last year. Uh, Spencer Johnson uh, will be a very, very hard-nosed Does He hasn't started a game of BYU. Right? Like, yeah. is he now a starter? Like, so – but as you said, there are so many new parts. Like last night when I watched, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm specifically wanting to see Rudy Williams. Like yeah. he was number one of my like top my list. He's like, going to start at the point. I, I want to see how Rudy plays. Yeah. What his uh, relationship is like with Foose, and and I want to see how Atiki has developed. You know, Atiki looks bigger. He, oh, he looks way bigger. 40 and a half inch vertical. Okay, like jumping. unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, he's jumping out of the gym. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, how how do they fit these pieces together with the Nell injury? Like, what does that mean for BYU's rotation now? Like, who is Dallin Hall going to be the guy that gets more minutes? Is Richie Saunders going to be the guy that gets more minutes?
1: Richie, by the Richie, impressed me a lot. Dallin as well. Tanner, right there too. Like, this this is interesting. Noah Waterman is the most interesting piece on this team,
2: though.
1: Mm. Let me tell you why. Yeah. Why is six that? eleven? Power forward. He's a, he's a shooter. He's a stretch four. He's a stretch four. He's not a, he's not a power forward. But he can put it on the ground. He can post up a little bit. But he wants to shoot threes. Like Jackson Robinson really wants to shoot threes. 88% of his threes in college or shots have been threes. Ooh. Like, stupid number, right? Like, way high. Noah Waterman started at the five last year, 49% of the time for Detroit Mercy. Does BYU go small, even though he's 6'11", small in that Foose is your five, Waterman is your four. And then you figure out what combination you want of Rudy Williams. I would anticipate Jackson Robinson is in the starting lineup as well. And then you see where we are with that third piece. Probably was going to be Trevor Nell. Perhaps it's Spencer Johnson. Trey Stewart is going to play more prominently into this team. He has improved a ton. Yoli Childs couldn't stop talking about how impressed he was with Trey. Love during the summer. And then you have the return missionaries who are in the mix, as mentioned, Richie Saunders, Dallin Hall going to be a star here, and uh, Tanner Toulson. So... It's an interesting group with a lot of new pieces, some real young faces. You don't want to have to rely on return missionaries out of the gate. you won't. Those guys are going to come off the bench. But you need the, the three D1 transfers to come in and have an impact right away. Rudy Williams, Noah Waterman, Jackson Robinson. Only one player, Spence, on the team. Average double figures in D1 last year. It was Rudy, Rudy Williams. Williams. 14.7 at Coastal Carolina. So this team certainly got some questions to, uh, to answer. Re- regarding Tiki, I think he comes off the bench for Foose or or Noah at one of those kind okay. of four or five. Spots. Okay, yeah. That's, so that's I'm, my I'm guess. I'm very
2: interested because BYU is seemingly so light at that number five position because Waterman you have one is not a guy that wants to play the five. He's treat him as a three. He wants to shoot from the outside and treat play an outside three. game. Like yeah. he he is a. He's a, he's he plays a perimeter. perimeter. He's a perimeter okay. player. Like, Atiki and Foos are the physicality for BYU. Yes. And then who? Nobody. Then, that's like, it. That, that's, it's, yeah. a, it's concerning yeah. for me. But it means more shooting,
1: and it means more uh, quickness. Okay. So, BYU has done two things to emphasize the roster. They haven't said, you fit the system. No, the system's going to fit the personnel, which is defensively they're going to be more disruptive. They're going to they're gonna press. They're going to play a, a certain hybrid zones. Uh, They're going to try and get more deflections. They want more non-shot possessions.
2: Up-tempo and pressure.
1: Turnovers, shot clock violations, that kind of thing, right? Um, And then on offense, they want way more spacing. They did a dribbling drill last night. I haven't seen that in years. They did a dribbling drill. And then they want a space to create more opportunities for uh, open guys to to get good shots. So it's going to be different. Uh, Later we'll get into, do we expect this team to make the turning? Mm. Certainly they could. But out of the gate, they're going to get way better during the season is what Mark put. With how many
2: new pieces there are, frankly, a top three finish in the West Coast Conference would be really good.
1: Let's do that and then see where we're at. It would be really good. Yeah. Okay, did you miss Coordinator's Corner or last night's men's basketball practice? Hey, we got you covered. It's all on demand on the TV app and specifically on BYUSN.com.
2: Plus the top five plays from Miles Davis and Keanu Hill in their performance against Wyoming. That is highlighting our top five Tuesday. What's number one? This is BYU
0: Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU
1: Sports Action is on demand. Download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps and subscribe, rate, and review the
2: podcast. Let's roll out top five Tuesday following BYU's 38 24 win against Wyoming Saturday night. Top five plays to, uh, between wide receiver Keanu Hill and running back Miles Davis.
1: Number five, a nine yard throw to Keanu Hill from Jaron Hall. His first touchdown of the game. Notice Wyoming defenders tripping over each other. Hill did the gritty, got a Hit that penalty. gritty! Told me yesterday that wasn't planned, it just happened. That TD made it 28-10 BYU.
2: At number four, Miles Davis, part of the hot hand. 25-yard run right here, dodging and weaving. BYU's first drive of the second half. Hall to Davis. We expect a lot more of that against Utah State. Number
1: three, after two-stalled drive, the Cougars got a spark from Hill. They got a pass from Jaron Hall and avoided four would-be tacklers for 47 yards that really woke up the offense. And uh, was one of his best plays of the game, but it wasn't the best. No, it was the play that, number no, three. That
2: was the spark play at number two. Miles Davis, seventy-yard run. Three minutes left in the game. Massive hole created by the offensive line. Davis is running like people are chasing him, and they are. And they just got him at
0: the five-yard line.
1: Oh, almost had the touchdown. And the top play between Keanu Hill and Miles Davis is Keanu Hill, the Hall to Hill Hall, Hall to Hill Hall. Third and six, 11-point game, 65 yards, in the air. 22-yard line, he grabs this, and then this defender has no chance at stripping the ball or tackling Keanu. 6-4 and cannot be brought down all the way into the end zone. That made it 35-17 and essentially sealed the win.
2: The most memorable piggyback in Keanu Hill's life. He <laughs> right
1: called it a piggyback that
0: was the, the real
2: game. That was the real random right Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. yeah. Indeed it was. Uh, didn't go well. No eight seconds right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Sorry, you don't win the championship. Our
2: question of the day, who is BYU's RB1 right now? The elite voice of the day presented <laughs> by Pax. Healthcare Elevated. From Matt, Chaplin Schumann says, Football is a rough and situational sport. So truthfully, over the season, BYU needs all of them. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Need them. RB1 is three players right now. It is the hot. RB1 is the hot hand. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics.
1: Gideon George for his George's Helping Hands Foundation. Shoe drive uh, against Utah December 17th. And then Foos and Richie Saunders started the Foos Foundation. They are building a facility in Mali for youth for basketball. Incredible. Amazing story. They went to Mali and talked to the Ministry of Sport and Land and got all this land donated. Amazing.
2: Can we do a deep blue on that? Sheesh. So thanks to today's guest, David Nixon. All right, Dennis. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Royce
0: BYB. See you tonight for After Further Review and BYU Football with Kalani Satake. Go, Kooks.